Hi, and welcome to the podcast, a hodgepodge of conversations about meaningful things that people are doing out in the world and in their communities. My name is Rachel, and I'm your host. Let's begin by taking a moment to honor the land upon which we live. Taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. I live on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, and I'm incredibly grateful to be here. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the podcast. On today's episode, I'm really excited to connect with and welcome Flora Young. Flora has written a book that will be published in August 2021, so just a few short months away. She is a passionate, creative, kind, driven person who is naturally curious about her own experience and the experiences of others. Welcome, Flora. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited. Oh, I'm so glad. Would you like to introduce yourself and just share a few things that you think our listeners would like to know about you. Absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name is Flora Young. Uh, um, I'm really uh, excited about my uh, book, as Rachel mentioned. Um, I started to write about uh, six months ago in October 2020, and then I'm looking at the publishing uh, in August. Uh, I would like to uh, think myself as a life experiencer. I traveled and worked in multiple cities and industries such as uh, Shanghai, Beijing, uh, New York, um, uh, Vancouver, and uh, in industries like PR and marketing, business development and investment. Um, but overall, everything uh, I've seen everywhere I've been uh, I always pay attention to uh, what did I learn, what did I experience, and then that's part part of the reason why I wrote the book is I keep journaling all the way alone, um, so I I do have a sort of a record of what I've been through, and then I also uh, I also am interested in um, self growth a lot. Uh, uh, that's another reason I wrote the book because I feel like all the experience and then reflections helps me with my self-growth. Uh, and I'm super interested in self-discovery, self-awareness. That's where I met Rachel through her uh, Enneagram uh, Know Thyself um, program. Uh, I participated in all three modules of the whole program uh, where I learned a lot about self-discovery and self-awareness. Um, I am, um, yeah, so that's that's why I call myself a life experiencer. Nice. Thank you so much for that introduction. And yeah, we met through the Enneagram program. And, you know, what's so beautiful about guiding those workshops is that not only did you learn, but I learned so much just by hearing about your discoveries and, and by doing the work myself. So I'm so happy that you joined that program with me. We had, we had a lot of really, really amazing moments together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So great. So when it comes to self-discovery and self-awareness, what are, what are some of the biggest like ahas or biggest lessons that you have learned on your journey? Mm, that's a, uh, that's a great question, uh, but a very big one. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, um, I'm glad you asked about this question because I actually thought the epiphany moment is extremely blessing and beautiful. Um, And um, so overall, I think self-discovery is a lifelong journey. It's it's not a one-time project. It's not like I, I figured it out, I'm done type of thing. You are growing. Um, you're discovering more things, you're experiencing more, and then you read more, you think more, you are just keep evolving. So, so you keep evolving and uh, you just, you, you just can't deem it as a one-time project. The reason why I brought this forward is because I used to have a more static type of mindset, like, hey, I figured this out, my life must be better now. But mm-hmm. when I get get another type of experience, get another type of opportunities to learn, I felt really frustrated and actually involved in some really bad depression. Um, so that's why I want to put it forward that it's a lifelong journey. And whenever you have that aha moment, celebrate it, but not holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And then next time when you have another frustration just learn from it and move on don't think oh I thought I figured that out um yes you have or maybe no you haven't um you bumped it into it again but don't feel like oh oh I didn't do it right or oh it's 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 about like keep it keep it as a whole picture whole life journey and then and then have compassion to yourself and whenever you learn whenever you have the frustrations or disappointment and just just face it so that is one thing I want to bring forward where I tripped Um, the big aha moment is definitely those moments I feel my following my heart is totally validated Uh, sometimes I I feel like am I doing the right thing Um, I believe self-doubt is very common in every one of us uh, maybe you have more observation Rachel um, <laughs> but I think self-doubt is is in every one of us um, so when you are doing all those things um, to me it's also a, a step to me it's also part of the journey and uh, when you when you after your self-doubt you still follow your heart and sometimes again it could be not ideal uh, but sometimes I get the validation. I call it epiphany, where I'm like, "Huh, that's 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 how it turned out." Uh, I I am very I am very I'm very blessed that I can experience this 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 uh, process as 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 a whole. So that aha moment is not just a moment. It's actually it's actually a consequence, or it's actually a uh, it's actually a, uh, a, a, a checking point uh, from a series of decision, choice, and then 
even like fall on your heart and then uh, it just it just showed up and then uh, it, 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 it's great. And then I, I also want to bring forward that you also want to pay attention to it. Sometimes it can just slip through. Sometimes you don't feel this is an aha moment. Uh, but again, self-awareness requires a lot of energy and effort and paying attention to those aha moment is, uh, is extremely important as well. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I think I didn't really say any aha moment uh, examples. So, uh, but I, I uh, put forward uh, some of my thoughts. I love so that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like we have these sort of peaks and valleys through life where we Absolutely. might measure things as like a peak moment, and then we might have these other moments that we measure as a frustrating moment, and. I think our tendency as human beings is to judge these moments. The peak moments are good. The frustrating moments are bad. But really, it's all part of the journey. And all of it is serving our highest and best. Absolutely. You put it uh, in such a beautiful way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, don't, don't, uh, don't try not to judge ourselves uh based on that moment. Uh, an, another philosophy I really truly uh, believe in is Buddhism. I, everything has a cause, everything has a consequence. Uh, when, you, when you can fight the earth to judge that moment, to uh, beat, beat, beat yourself up to it, and I think it's worth thinking, well, what's the cause of this? And what's the consequence of this? And when you look at that from that perspective, that, that perspective helps me a lot uh when you when you when you look from that uh perspective you will find maybe this is not what you think at yeah. all yeah it's so true it's like um you know when you if you have everything all figured out it may, it would make the journey pretty boring i think and when we open ourselves up to our experiences and it's like, okay, well, I'm confronted with this frustrating moment and applying what you just shared of like, you know, what, what is the cause and what is the consequence? It's like, okay, well, the only thing I know in this moment is I don't know what's going to happen. And if I trust that this moment is happening for my highest and best, I know I'll be okay. I just don't know how I'm going to get through it yet. But the more I open myself up to this moment and dive into my experience, it's like this is this is tasting life. This is experiencing Absolutely. it. And, you know, we're talking a lot about um, like it's it sort of sounds like karma that you're talking about the cause and effect, action and consequence. And we're, we're sort of intellectualizing that. We're talking about, we're putting words to it. We're putting language to it. And I know that both of us are very heart-centered people. We both lead with our hearts. So mm -hmm. let, I love to take the conversation in that direction and talk a little bit more. Like, what does it mean to lead from the heart? And how is that different from leading with your mind and your intellect? Oh, uh that's a, that's a new uh, new questions I've been thinking about recently. Uh, uh, that ties to the self awareness part. So first, we want to identify 
what our leading leading power, leading uh, intelligence is. Uh, I think uh, leading from heart uh, to me is um, it, it's totally just my explanation. Okay, <laughs> like I, I feel leading the heart, leading by leading from the heart is uh, a point, a, a middle point where you you hold that intuition, the gut feeling, and you have the uh, rationale and reasoning. And then you and then you hold the you 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 hold both sides of uh uh lead, like gut feeling or and um calculation or uh, like thinking, and then you and then you lean to what you really want. So I think the power of leading from heart is great. Is really great because it to me it's it's. It's a bit of both sides, and uh, I I feel like I'm I like I'm 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 a very passionate person, uh, but I actually think a lot. We, we, you may want to call it hesitant a lot to make a lot like to make decisions, especially like important decisions. So mm -hmm. I'm not an impulsive decision maker. So let's see, let's let me give you an, exa an interesting example. Actually, uh, it's very practical. So uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to switch to uh, electric vehicles. So I actually tried all types of uh, EV out there. And then I decided I will go with uh, Tesla. Uh, it's not the definitely not the cheapest one. Um, but I, uh, I tried every car, felt it. And I think, OK, I'm going with Tesla. Um, and I did all my calculation. This is something I can afford. This is not going to uh, be uh, like I'm not going in with a broke bank account and like doing impulsive uh, uh, investment or like purchase. However, I did spend extra $3,000 just on the color red alone. Wow. Yes, they require an extra 3000 for the color red. I didn't know why, but uh, their strategy uh, succeeded. I did pay the money. Uh, but but that was a decision where I followed uh, my heart. I I had the calculation. Uh, however, on the other hand, I feel like mm, EV is pretty much basically the last car I'm gonna have. I'm going. I'm not going to uh, replace it with any new model or anything. So I want something that I I'm happy with every day. So this three thousand uh, dollars. Look, looks like a very impulsive, hey, how can you just spend some money just for the color? Why can't you just like save that? How, however, I think this $3,000 actually is something tied to my day-to-day -day happiness. It mm. ties back to day-to-day -day, uh, satisfaction. I was so happy every day because whenever I saw my car, I'm just, hmm, I bought my color. But I imagined like whenever I have a problem, like where to follow, follow my heart, follow my head, I will, I will ask me myself this question. I will ask myself, would I be happy to see a different color every day? Does that matter? And then to me, I talked to myself and I said, yeah, it does. Actually, it does matter a lot. If I, if I buy a car that I'm going to stick with for the rest of my life, hopefully, um, I, I want that to be my color. So here is an example, very interesting example for, for, for me to understand following the heart. Mm -hmm. I do my calculation. 
I didn't, I didn't do impulsive uh, uh, decision. Um, I, 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 I actually did something less practical per se, um, but I actually think from my heart, like, would I be happy? So, so this, this is a, a example, hopefully explains my understanding about following the heart. Oh yeah, that's perfect. And, you know, it's just a simple question of like, will this make my heart happy? And just like listening for that yes or no inside ourselves. It's like, it, it really can be that simple. It's not always yeah. that simple to follow the heart. Sometimes oh. it can be very challenging, especially yeah. when there's other people involved. But, you know, maybe that's something, you know, we can invite our listeners to just pause for a moment and think about what's your favorite color and what sort of emotions does that bring up for you? And I know my favorite color is green. And of course, we're in mid spring right now. So I'm Mm. in absolute heaven every time Mm. we go outside. And like green does it, it, it actually makes me open my heart up towards the sky. Like there's that there's a physical response to it. Exactly. An emotional. Yeah, exactly. So that actually ties back to our uh, gut feeling. There is a physical response. And, and then there is an emotional, like hard part. And then, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think asking that question is super important. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot simpler that we, that we make it out to be, um, simple, but not easy as, as it often is in life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, but this is the way to, from my point of view, where I also wrote in my book, this is the best way to prevent from, prevent us from, uh, uh, regretting right mm. right yeah regret mm. doesn't serve us especially mm. you know if we go back to that concept that everything in our lives is happening for our highest and best even when we don't understand it and even when it's super hard I mean like we've all been through challenges we don't get to this point in life without having experienced mm. some heartache grief loss challenge and mm-hmm. once we're on the other side of the, not when we're in it, when we're in it, it can feel like hell. But once uh-huh. we're on the other side of it, it's like, oh, then the lessons become more clear. The blessings become more clear. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think about right now and just like, am I being sensitive enough to our listeners by saying this because we're going through such a challenging time for all of humanity right now and everybody's going, well, I shouldn't say everybody because I don't know everybody's experience, but so many of us are looking at our inner wounding and we're, we're going inwards and we're checking in and we have the time and space to, to do some personal work. And it's, and it's really tough. It brings up a lot. And Mm -hmm. so coming back to the heart and asking Mm -hmm. yourself, what makes my heart happy? I think that's, Mm -hmm. thank you for bringing that into the conversation. Um, so I thought that might tie into, um, so you talk in, in the, um, the summaries or the videos that I've watched about your book, you mm-hmm. talk about finding your true self. And I think this listening to the heart ties in so beautifully to finding your true self. So mm-hmm. could you share a little bit about like, what is your true self journey looked like? Mm. Um, I, uh, uh, this this whole journey is um, is still ongoing uh, happily. <laughs> mm. uh, I think this journey is uh, 
it, it it has a a lot of uh, a lot of uh, ups and downs. It involves a, a major, like drastic moving change of life, and uh, a lot of uh, emotional impact. And it's a it's a very it's a very abundant experience. Um, and I think I think this uh, the, 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 this this journey requires a a lot of uh, cognitive um, reflections. So mm. everybody is experiencing uh, life, um, but I'm just saying it, it requires extra effort to turn it into a journey to find your true self. Mm. Uh, that's why I wrote this book because I. I, I I displayed uh, a lot of experience um, in in this book uh, for my past year, including how I immigrated to Canada, how did I find a job, uh, like my ten year relationship like ended, stuff like that. And I uh, again, this is not unique experience. You one can one can experience oh moving to a new country, another can experience. Uh, finding a new job and another can experience terminating long-term relationship. So what I'm, what I'm trying to provoke is that how to turn all those life experience into a self-discovery journey to find your true self. Because I think only if you follow your heart and then be your, stay true to yourself, that will you be really happy and peaceful at the end of the day. Mm. so so it's 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 extra effort i'm not saying hey it's just there and then you you guys can do it everyone uh, to me it's it's extra effort you have to you have to keep recording it like mm -hmm. my my way is to just write it down like literally just write it down i feel like all my experience is not complete until i write down like if i broke up with someone i would need to write it down to close it so the relationship is not just is it is and then I don't know everyone can have their own like way of recording it but turning the experience into a journey requires effort and uh and then what I want to show in this book is this effort actually worth it a lot because um it, it's 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 where this journey leads you to where you're supposed to be and what you want to do Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, I hear in that, that you've been through a lot in your life and even just coming to another country is so courageous. And I heard you say that you, you've worked in Beijing and Shanghai and New York and now Vancouver. So mm -hmm. every time now I've lived in a couple other cities myself mm -hmm. and every time I've moved, it's like you have this realization and I don't know if you have this, but I have this moment of like, what have I done? I've left <laughs> my community. I've left my family. I've left my friends. And now I have to start from scratch and build that community over again. And I don't have a network here. And so I go into, you talked a little bit about self-doubt, but inevitably it gives you more time to reflect. It gives you more time to figure out, well, what kind of people do I want to connect with and what communities would I like to be a part of? So it puts you 
even though it puts you into this space of uncertainty, it puts you into a space of a lot of choice. And so I'd love to hear from you, what has your experience been like moving to other cities and what are some of the feelings that you've had um, around those? Mm, I, I like that you mentioned choice. Um, I, I believe choice is self-granted. We may feel sometimes we don't have a choice. We have no choice left. Um, but to me, I, I think we always have a choice. Hmm. Um, it, so it, it's, uh, so back to, back to your question, I, I think I had a multiple moment, like when I was meandering on Broadway Avenue in New York, I'm like, what am I doing here? Why? Like, mm -hmm. and then it was so funny that experience because I have always wanted to move to New York. I love that city. I think I love that city. I love that city. And then I, I of course, I watched the Sex and the City. So I, I like, oh, I really want to be there. I want to have a bunch of girlfriends and, you know. Mm -hmm. when I, um, in my early 20s so but when I was in New York when I was really in New York uh, in the city I'm like okay this 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 is weird I don't I don't feel it I don't feel it and then there are moments that I feel like disconnected to 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 the city the similar feeling was in Beijing I stayed in Beijing for five years I still don't feel like I like this city at all. But the moment I landed in Shanghai, I'm like, this is home. So it's, it's, it's kind of go back to, it's kind of go back to, uh, you know, your heart, follow your heart. And, and then during that, during the changing of cities that the, in this process, you will find out where you really want to be because every city stands for a different lifestyle. That's basically answering your own question about what type of lifestyle you want to live. Um, so it's, and I think overall it's beautiful. I, I, I highly encourage everybody like changing cities. So because <laughs> after you like, only, only when you like experienced a, 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 a minimum amount, uh, not minimum, uh, a relatively, reasonable amount of uh, experience and changing uh, that you will know what you really want. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think travel, even if it's for travel and not moving, it, it shows us that you know, things, things are different in other places and we can have these new experiences. And it just, for me, it's, it's almost like a brightness, like it, op it widens my perspective and things look a little brighter because it's like, oh, there's a whole other world out here that I've yet to discover and I'm never going to be bored. I'm never going to run out of things to do. And yeah. these experiences stretch us and they grow us and yeah. they help yeah. us understand what does speak to our heart and what doesn't. So I love what you said about sex in the city too, because I, <laughs> New York, interestingly, is one of the cities I haven't been to. And I don't know if that's interesting to other people. It just is to me because I've traveled a lot and it's somewhere mm -hmm. I've never been. And it was actually on my vision board before COVID 
Um, so last year I had intended to go to New York and I was going to meet a girlfriend who lives in Switzerland. We were going to meet in oh, New York because it's sort of a halfway lovely. point. Yeah. I, and... I do that with my girlfriends all the time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I One of the things I hate most about pandemics, I, I haven't been out of the door for a year and a half now. Yeah. Yeah, that's really tough. So, I mean, I guess it gives you a lot of time to write and and reflect. And I would love to talk a little bit more about the book and, and what that process has been like for you. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, I I self-published a book in China when I was it was it was in 2005. So, OK, uh, I think I think book is an idea. Self-publishing is not. Um, and I, uh, I, I have been writing, uh, all the, all the time, like, like I mentioned earlier. And then I, uh, again, maybe it, it, it's because this year, maybe it's because it's, it's, it's a, a closure. I feel like my life has been into a new stage since 2019. So I feel like huh, uh, that was a closure, uh, uh, for the previous experience. So I have been thinking about uh, publishing a book again, but this time I don't want to self-publish. And then I, I started to ask around, like, who knows, who knows any, like, um, who knows any uh, publishing house that would like to publish a bilingual book. So mm. I was, cause I wrote in Chinese most of the time. And then uh, I, I, I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, like maybe I can do English, uh, my Chinese and English translation side by side. So maybe that 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 can be interesting. Uh, but I couldn't find any publishing house. Um, however, this is a uh, this is I I call it uh, serendipity. And mm. in August, my nephew was uh, posting that he wanted to recruit some CEOs to talk to because he's writing a book. I'm like, okay, I can help because I, when I was working in a venture capital firm, I actually knew a lot of uh, uh, startup CEOs. So I helped him, but I also asked him, I was like, hey, uh, how, how did you, how did you uh, publish your book? And then that's where I get to know the, this program called Book Creator. Um, it is a uh, project that's led by a professor in um, Georgetown University uh, mm -hmm. business school. And then he actually used business school mindset to uh, disrupt and then uh, to revolutionize the traditional publishing industry. So I joined this program. We have editors uh, reviewing uh, writings every week. That way they hold you accountable. So it's a first hurdle for the writer that they never get things done because no one is chasing uh -huh. them. And then the second thing he did was that he built this community. So there were uh, hundreds of us in the same cohort. I believe there is 300 of us publishing this August. So the, there are hundreds of us in a cohort. So we're kind of like talking to each other, having workshops every week. And then, so everybody has a feeling of like community. So people start to feel like more comfortable talking about writing a book rather than, you know, like, who do I talk to? kind of thing. So he that's the second hurdle. Mm. And then the, the third hurdle is that he developed a lot of template and uh, uh, template and tools. Uh, 
that's how he tackled the third uh, uh, hurdle. Um, that uh, we don't we don't know what to do, and then the last hurdle is uh, as a first time writer, you don't you don't know what to what to do. Who nobody knows that you're writing a book, so your book probably not sell. So you have to sell fund, but. The way he solved it is that let's do a, a crowdfunding campaign, so you、Ooh. can promote your book, promote your idea. Like that's how you read read my book, watched my video and stuff, and how you、mm-hmm. supported me. And then to engage the people around you in the, in your circle to support you and then believing you. So that's a brilliant idea. That way, the book gets funded, so the publishing cost is actually covered. So it's not your self funding, and then people actually already know. And then after my campaign、uh, finished, I actually have、uh, more people coming back and say,、uh, "Hey, I, I saw the pre order has uh, ended because、uh, sometimes they they don't have time to check in, and then they they, they missed the deadline." But they were like, they, "They will they will they they will come back to me." And then I told them、uh, the publishing will be in August, so I'm going to send you Amazon link, and then. That way, you get the words out there, and then you actually like get really like you you get your fan base、uh, before your book even launched. So I think、mm. it's a brilliant idea. The whole pro- process is a great is a great learning experience、uh, in terms of like education training or design course. So I, I really enjoyed it. That's that's pretty much what it is. And then now、uh, another like great asset for me is the editor. Along the way, so I have editor weekly meeting because I'm writing in my second language. I really need people to 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 hold me accountable as well、mm-hmm. as letting me know how it actually goes. Because editor is brilliant; they don't know you, and then when they read you, they just know you from your word, and then they read it and they say, "Hi,、hey, as a reader, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about that. This doesn't make any sense to me." I'm pretty sure it does make sense to yourself, but you need to, as a writer, you need to get that message across.、Mm. So it's extremely valuable.、Uh, so overall, it's a great experience. I can't stop talking to people about it, and I'm like, <laughs> whenever you want to write a book, just 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 join this one. How will our listeners find your book? Is it through the Amazon link, or is is that the best way for them to find you and to order the book?、Uh, Yeah, so I'm very excited because、uh, I am a hundred and twenty percent funded. So I wow! To... <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, I... but you got to、no, celebrate. No, thank you,、this. Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it without you.、Um, I, I so I'm, I'm I'm going to publish a paperback, a hardback, and ebook.、Uh, mm. So. Uh, you will get、uh, the link and everything on Amazon、uh, by the end of August. Okay, great, and we can share that in the show notes as well, so that our readers know where, or our listeners, our readers—I guess they're going to be your、yeah. readers—know where to find <laughs> you. So, I wanted to ask you. So, it sounds like you're still working on the book because I—I had actually wanted. To ask you, like, how does it feel to see and touch the finished <laughs> manuscript? But it sounds like it's not finished yet. Is that correct? Uh, correct. Uh, but this is a new concept、uh, I learned after I joined this program because the professor keeps telling us the 
great book is not it's the great book is not written is rewritten so ah. it, it gives you uh it, it actually needs you to keep working on it and then even like for the hardback the hardback won't launch until three months after the paperback launched so by that time i'm going to have another round of revision so Ooh. yeah in terms of the whole manual script uh, ground uh, i actually finished uh, that's what i told my editor yesterday i'm like in terms of content it's pretty much it is this is my life experience i cannot add anything more whatever i want to put in it's in there but we are going to work on structure, uh, the the flow, and of course the language. And then we, when we, when I finally delivered everything, like the signed off uh, manual script by July the first, uh, the grammar editor, like the final group of editor, is going to go thoroughly through everything, every punctuation, everything before it goes into the public uh, publishing uh, stage. So, so yeah, it's kind of like, to me, psych psychologically, it's, it's finished in a way that I've already put down everything I want to put down out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the terms of process, I still get a few steps ahead of me. Mm, got it. Got it. So mm -hmm. the journey continues. I know it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I wanted to ask you because when you first started sharing about the book, you had mentioned that you would love to write a book in both English and Chinese. Are you going to be or have you written this story in your native language already? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I journal in my native language. So I actually, I kept all the details. Thank God. I, <laughs> I kept all the mm. details. But when I write in English, I, I start from scratch. I started from like everything, everything, just uh, every story. I, 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 it's almost like I kept what happened that day. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I start to, it's almost like a file and an archive. But when I write, I, I start from scratch and this book will be uh, fully English. So, so yeah, I'm super nervous there as well um, as I'm writing my second language. Mm, well, even just listening to you, you're very articulate and you have a fabulous <laughs> vocabulary. So I don't know if it's reassuring to hear that from me, but I don't think you have anything to worry about. And that kind of brings us full circle to that self-doubt again. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, good, I good always, one, good one. <laughs> I always see doubt as like almost like a, a form of protection. So it's like, Absolutely. you know, yeah. So how yeah, does it's that our mechanism. Yeah, it's yeah. our mechanism. And it, it keeps us safe. It keeps us from maybe perhaps looking foolish in front of others. Or it, it, it gets us curious. It, it gets us into our minds, maybe out of our hearts a little bit, but into our minds and thinking about, well, if I do take this step forward, what are some of the possibilities that could unfold? And I think that, you know, doubt, I think all emotions have a purpose. Um, I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I like it, Ra Rachel. Absolutely. Because sorry to interrupt, but I had to. No, uh, you know, like once I heard the cause of self-doubt is like we feel we're not enough. But I think today what you brought up is actually can also be part of our self-protection mechanism. And I love it. 
I don't want to feel always like I'm not enough. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? But 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 when whenever we tie this emotion to we're not enough, it, it's it it's it's not it's not it's not feeling good. But now you give me a new perspective that maybe it's because we want to protect ourselves, and which is absolutely normal. Mm-hmm. And I I love it. I love it. Ah, lovely. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, because it. Mm-hmm. If you if you see it as a as an opportunity for openness and curiosity, that's that's what we're reinforcing. Whereas if we look at it as the, that not enoughness, then we're reinforcing yeah. that. And yeah, nobody yeah. nobody needs that because everybody is so valuable. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't be here. If oh, we weren't important, it. we wouldn't be walking on this planet at this time. Um, I want to I want to start to to wrap up and I, I always fun is one of my core values so I always want to know what people do for fun. So what about you Flora? What do you do for fun? Uh I uh I think so first of all, uh, first of all I think it's extremely important and I'm actually feeling really joyful when I see this question. Uh uh I, I think I, I enjoy being with friends a lot. So mm-hmm. uh, I do that. I chat with my friends a lot, um, uh, chit chat or like deep conversation. Uh, and then I also um, dance. I think it's a, a big fan, a big, a big fun for me. Um, uh, and then I, uh, I write. I, I don't know. It's always fun, but uh, I like it. Uh, so I think fun to me means what lighten what 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 can light lighten your heart, make mm. your heart uh, lifted. Uh, fun is um, make you feel relaxed. It, it, it makes you feel um, uh, chilled. Like so, it's it's like, uh, but you can still get something uh, out of it. So like. I don't, I don't see like, for example, I don't see like uh, drinking a lot of alcohol is fun. Maybe they make you feel chilled or maybe they make you feel uh, lightened, but I don't see, I get a lot out of it. Uh, but my chit chat with my friends, I get laughter or uh, my, my dancing, I get uh, uh, workout out of it. I, I kind of like a little bit uh, purposeful uh, mm. when, when I do things for fun, I want to be fun for, do it for fun as well as having a little bit of something, like I learn something or I, I get something out of it. Right. So even fun is part of this journey of life that you've been sharing with us so beautifully. You, you, you could say that I, I like, yeah, I, I, I hate being this serious, like sounds like this serious, but, but this is how, how I, uh, function. I, I always feel like hmm, getting something, uh, like getting some learning, getting some experience, getting some uh, advanced, like like pr- progress is 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 part of this fun. Got it. Oh my gosh. Well, hopefully after the pandemic, you and I can go dancing together. I think that would be really fun. Uh, yeah, let, let's do that. I, I actually <laughs> want to, I want to resume more on, on my dancing. And uh, I actually had another uh, story in my book about dancing, which is uh, my, uh, my learning, my experience with the uh, ballet dance. Uh, 
because that's what I mainly do right now. Oh, okay. I don't know how to belly dance. So maybe, maybe we can do another kind of dancing or maybe you can teach me how to belly dance. Uh, yeah, anything. I, I, I generally enjoy uh, moving my body because uh, from where I came from, I'm also minority groups in China. So I'm not Han. I'm actually a mix of Bai and Yi. So I, where, where I came from, we always chant and dance uh, as a response or connection to nature as well. So mm. for me, it's like very instinctful. And then um, I, I always like body movement. I try everything. It's, it's, it's just, I think ballet dance is something I related to the most, but like any other type of dance, like, you know, jazz, salsa and stuff. And anytime when we're just having fun, we just... Uh, which is uh, moving our bodies uh, in general, what I love. Hmm. Oh, I love that. So good. Well, before we wrap up, I want to share. So Flora and I read together, um, there's a page a day book I love called The Book of Awakening. And I shared today's passage with Flora. And there's a quote in here that I think sums up so beautifully what Flora has shared with us today. And that is that... Uh, compassion is fair and feeling is just and that we are not responsible for all that befalls us only for how we receive it and for how we hold each other up along the way. And Flora, I think you, you just demonstrated so beautifully how life is a journey and that the people prop us up along the way and sharing our stories and sharing our journey with one another is such a beautiful way to create connection. So thank you so much for joining us today. And before we go, how can our listeners find you? Is there a website or an Instagram handle that you would like them to know about where they can follow you and hear more about your journey? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Rachel. Again, thanks for supporting me and backing me. Uh, you guys can find me at uh, Flora Young uh, hyphen author. So that's my Instagram handle uh, or LinkedIn, uh, Flora Young, uh, F L O R A Y A N G. Great. And I will put that in the show notes so that it's easy to click for all those interested in finding you. So thank you again for joining us today. And uh, thanks to all of you listeners for joining us and for supporting us here on the podcast. It's my great pleasure and honor to be here. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, you're welcome. Talk to you soon. Talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to episode five of the podcast. I am your host, Rachel, and today we met with Flora Young, who talked to us about immigrating to Canada, making decisions with the heart, the journey to personal discovery, and the process of writing a book. I hope you'll join me in supporting Flora when her book comes out this August. Thank you to our valued listeners for tuning in and we'll see you on episode six of the podcast. Mm -hmm.